What, which, this, that, or the other? From Bonnaroo to Coachella, traversing the music festival landscape can be tricky. That's where we come in with high fives for everyone. The What Podcast with Brad, Barry, Lord Taco, dedicated to exploring the entire festival scene. Brad has worked in the radio industry for more than 20 years and currently lives in Brooklyn, where he is program director for three stations, including one in New York, one in Detroit, and one in Miami. Barry's been a reporter for the Chattanooga Times Free Press, covering all aspects of the entertainment industry since 1987. That's before you were born. Lord Taco, the smart guy who makes these podcasts on our website at thewhatpodcast.com work. Also really good at identifying babies, loves blue-haired moms, PBR, and his beautiful Volkswagen bus. We all fell in love with the Bonnaroo Festival years ago, not only because of the amazing bands that play there every year, but also because of the incredible community spirit that has developed around it. Radiate positivity. And we really like talking about the inside baseball stuff when it comes to putting on a huge music festival. So join us. You can hear the What Podcast on the Consequence Podcast Network or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to Consequence Uncut a series that gives listeners and readers a deeper dive into our features with major artists and creatives. For this episode, we're talking to the rappers, Paul Wall. Imagine somebody who doodles, just like doodles little drawings, and the doodles, you know, blow up and you become a, a famous artist. And then you get to go in the paint studio and work with Picasso. That's how it felt. And terminology. One of my favorite albums is Illmatic, and I've been blessed to work with, you know, Large Pro. Pete Rock was on the first album that we did, me and Paul and Primo and, uh, and all these guys, Q-Tip and all that. So it's just like, yo, this is mad fun. Like, we're working with our rap heroes that we grew up listening to. I'm Mijon, lead podcast producer at Consequence. Um, Eddie Fu, the news editor at Consequence. So, Eddie, welcome to Consequence Uncut. I'm glad you're finally getting to join this part of the Consequence family. We've had Liz, Ren, Paolo, and now we get to feature you. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here. And I I feel like, you know, months ago we talked about having more hip-hop interviews featured in our podcast. And we finally get to do it now today with Paul Wall and her manology. Just in case anyone was confused about how to spell it, it's not terminology, it's termanology because Google is important. Okay. Anyway, but no, this is this is such a cool interview because honestly, like I feel like I'd heard of Paul Wall. I was like aware of him, but I didn't really know where he was from or his background. And this start finish repeat collaboration is just it's so special. I don't I, I don't I don't even know how to just describe what it was like listening to the album, but it was just like I immediately felt like, wow, this is an instant classic. Yeah, Paul Walls out of Houston, he which had like a big moment in in the mid two thousands. So everyone thinks of him as this Houston rapper who raps about like grills and and like painted cars. They don't yeah. think of him as a rapper who has like 
really good punchlines and can rap over East Coast production, which is why we wanted to talk to him about boom bap rap and him rapping over this type of production. And honestly, like, okay, I didn't even realize because honestly, like I'm from Barbados and Zimbabwe and I lived in Zimbabwe until I was 14. I really have to say that like rap for me was something that like came to me from abroad. So I didn't always get like the East West Coast identity that was so heavy in rap. And listening to them talk about how special it was for them to be able to do this collaboration and how normally, you know, this type of collaboration might not happen because people are so regional. And then learning about boom bap rap, I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even realize like this is the rap that I like. And I'm from the East Coast. So like maybe it tracks. Yeah, there were so many layers to the conversation and, and um, how they connect on a lot of things. And the thing that's something that Paul talks a lot out in the interview is just how even more than the east and west coast is rappers from texas are considered even less because they're not from one of the major cities it's interesting because like people do think about hip-hop regionally as you were saying but those walls are have kind of been breaking down since whole and terminology started and you can hear that in the way that they talk to each other yeah uh, like they grew up in different places People would say they're different kind of rappers, but they just love hip hop so much. And it doesn't matter where the hip hop was made or where they came from. They have yeah, an appreciation I'm, for it. Yeah, I'm very much about that energy. I hate gatekeeping. I love when genres blend. I love when people collaborate and almost create something new or really honor something that is so respected. And their love of hip hop, their love of the different types of influences that each rapper that's come before them is so prevalent in this interview, which is why I think it's such a it's so great to talk about their collaboration, but then also to do that crate digging where they're talking about albums that really meant a lot to them. Yeah, I mean, that was the main impetus for doing this interview for the Isha name Boom Bap albums that influenced them. Because mm. one of the main things is even as a hip hop fan, it's like, what's Paul Wall doing working with terminology? They're different rappers. Yeah. What does Paul Wall know about Boom Bap? <laughs> and then it's like, when you listen to the interview, it's like, hey, he actually grew up on this stuff. Yeah. Listening to Nas and Jizzo, all the East Coast rappers. And, and he talks about trying to figure out the lingo. Yeah. Studying it. So it was really awesome to hear uh, him talk about how just, again, how much he loves hip hop. Yeah. I think this interview really captures like the, 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 the love of language that is so prevalent in hip hop. Like, you know, when people are... When people are constructing these rhymes, you know, it, it really is poetry in, in motion. And he even talks about how he, did, he didn't even understand what these people are saying because there's so many regionalisms. And, you know, we, we live in one country called the United States, but people talk differently. Even before he understood it, he admired the poetry and the way that things were constructed. And almost like like a person, you know, looking at the structure of a building or or like a doctor dissecting a person to learn how the body works together. They can really go deep into these songs and then really apply that to their own artistry. Yeah, absolutely. And like it was really cool to hear Paul Wall talking about Jesus Liquid Swords, just say like how it was like a movie and how he like. <laughs> laid down and listened to it with his eyes closed because he didn't understand like the New York lingo, the Kung Fu movie lingo, but it just like still spoke to him. And um, in case anyone's confused, boom bap, and you can correct me if this definition is wrong, 
It's an onomatopoetic term for golden age, jazzy East Coast hip hop. And there's something so um, nostalgic in the beats that are underneath this album. I was listening to Start, Finish and Repeat before talking to you. And I just, I turned it on and I was just taken back to like, you know, just sitting in the summer listening to like hip hop and just chilling. Like it's just, this album is such a vibe. So it's, it's so cool to like hear them talk about how they created it, what an honor it was to work with some of their idols. And then just to sit back and appreciate, you know, all these boom bap artists. Yeah. And on top of that, with Paul appreciation of music and hip hop overall, he broke down how there are similarities in the production, boom bap production and like Southern production, just the way the horns are used and like the relationship with the, with the blues and both. Yeah. So yeah. that was a very fascinating part of the conversation. When he said that, it's almost like I started to hear things in songs that I grew up listening to. When he talks about the use of horns and that kind of like the foundation of the blues, you know, you can think of songs that are kind of that they have that kind of like New Orleans vibe. So there's that like, you know, that heavy like, you know, underneath it. And then when you think about like some of some of the boom bap stuff and you hear these like like almost like symphonic jazz orchestrations underneath it. And you're like, oh, that totally tracks. And like, of course, like a jazzy vibe and then like that kind of like more brassy horns vibe from the South, they they have the same basis underneath them. Um, and, you know, they're like they're like cousins, literally. And that's what the North and the South are kind of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's why, you know, it just just two birds from a different feather or whatever the, the coming, um, together. Saying, <laughs> coming together is exactly who Paul Wall and terminology are. Yeah. And like us in this interview. Yes. So um, amazing job with this interview. I can't wait to share with everyone. So you can check out the crate digging article on consequence.net. And before we let you go, we actually are doing something very special this month, right, Eddie? Yes. This month, we're on a special mission to spread the word about Consequence Uncut far and wide. If you like our show as much as we like bringing it to you, we need you to hop over to Apple Podcasts and hit that follow button and leave us a review. Five stars only, please. And it's not because we're snobs. We just really like it when you love us so much. Not only is this a quick and easy way for you to show your support, it'll also give you a chance to win some exclusive Consequence merch. Just head to the link in our show notes and submit your info along with a screenshot of your review. And then we'll be shouting out the winners in December. So make sure to follow and review us as soon as possible. And thank you in advance for your support and for helping Consequence Uncut grow. And while you're at it, follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you can stay up to date with these in-depth interviews. And now I'll turn it over to Eddie, Paul Wall, and Terminology for this interview. Please enjoy. Paul Wall, People's Champ, Switch the House, and Terminology, underground rapper who is legend in his own right. Worked with DJ Premier, Pete Rock, Large Professor, Easy Mo B, list goes on and on. Y'all just did your second collaborative album together. Just wanted to start, finish, repeat. So y'all met through Static Selecta before working on these albums together. Can you talk a little bit about how that came about? Want to kick it off, Turn? Yeah. Basically, um, Static was working with Paul and, you know, Static called me in to do a feature with Paul. And um, the song that we did just came out really dope. We ended up doing a video 
at Bel Air Rose headquarters. That's Rick Ross's champagne. So we went up there and did a dope video. Shout out to my girl Mia J, who was also on the record. After that, it was just like, you know, we, we realized that we had good chemistry between me, Paul, and Static, and we just started banging out mad songs, and uh, it turned into Start to Finish. Now we're on the second one, Start, Finish, Repeat. It sounds like there's like kind of an immediate musical connection. If you ask someone like Paul Wall and Terminology working together, people might not think that it makes sense. But could you describe the connection you felt when you, you guys were in uh, recording together? Definitely, man. Working with Static Selector in there, his production will bring something out of you. Uh, you know, it takes you somewhere mentally where you almost on a, a, a different multiverse. And it's like it just brings you somewhere where it's so easy to it's almost like, you know, you're doing simple mathematics or when you're writing stuff down on the paper it's just that easy one plus one is two you know that that's how the lyrics kind of come together so seamlessly and effortlessly you know with a static selector beat so i always wanted to rap on this production but getting in there with terminology who is elite mc who can find these pockets in the beat that the word flows and his rhyming schemes and patterns that are just unique and different so for me to work with him and have a static selected beat it was like uh, i felt like i was uh, uh getting a master class from two goats it really like rubbed off on me and it was something where i was like okay let's explore this some more as much as we can because we both bring different things to the table but just me wanting to uh, hone in and perfect my craft as much as I can on me trying to work toward improving certain areas of my, my penmanship or my skills or my wordplay, my whatever. You know, it definitely was something that, you know, working with terminology is something that really like, okay, this is somewhere I really can improve. And working with him is going to take me there. And he's basically showing me how to do it as we do it together. We, you know, we're even talking about, you know, because I, I did the album Give Thanks with Static at first. You know, of course, Term and Static, they've done tons of music together over the years. But that was the first time I got to really work with them. It meant so much to me because when I first, when you first come on the scene, I'm signed to a label. The label has a way they want to, they have a, a plan you know, they have a whole rollout where they want to package you as something, you know, something. They don't want you to go against the grain of whatever they're trying to package you as. So my existence on a major label, it wasn't really possible for me to really work with boom bap producers or classic hip hop producers because, you know, they're packaging me as a, a southern artist. And this was at a time where it was taboo to work with producers from different regions. But in the studio, it's so seamless the way we just fit together. You know, I really want to push back against people who say that, you know, this this artist or that producer, I don't know if they'll sound good together. Because, you know, you look at some some of the collaborations like that, like it really be next level when you bring two people together that, you know, really you wouldn't think would mesh or go well together. But, you know, you put me in terminology together, you're going to get an album full of dopeness. No matter what is on there, it's going to be an album full of dopeness. And we personally both really enjoyed, you know, the process of putting this album out, making the music recording it the, you know the, the brethrenship we have you know what i'm saying uh, amongst ourselves and also our groups of friends you know his group and my group you know so we really have been building this and we look at something that you know this is something long term we really want to pursue as, as much as we can we've personally been getting a lot out of this and bettering ourselves as mc sounds like you know working with terminology kind of helped you you already had colorful imagery in your lyrics you know dating back to when when you you know you first came on the mainstream it kind of sounds like that helped you like bring it 
out to a whole different level with punchlines and stuff like that. Term, could you talk about what like working with Paul brought out in you? Paul's a real lyricist, bro. His vocabulary is incredible. Before we took this call, I saw people kept saying one line that he said on the album all, all day in my comments and in my DMs, all just. I did. I never knew what all just meant, you know what I'm saying? Until today, I Google it. And so apparently it's like a food, right? And I, I didn't know what it what he meant by it, you know what I'm saying? And um, so like people are going crazy for this bar that I didn't even understand. And I'm the type of cat that dissects lyrics. I'm a lyricist to the core, man. So I'm over here Googling his bars, you know what I'm saying? So that just goes, goes to show you what kind of MC that we dealing with. Like a lot of times with, with Paul Wall came out with the slow flow, people thought that it was just all that. But it's like, man, Paul Wall in 2023, bro, he coming with words you never even heard, like crazy vocabulary, you know what I'm saying? So that made me want to step it up because, you know, sometimes I be getting too simple. Sometimes I be saying the same thing over and over, doing so many albums. I'm like, I'm getting lost in the sauce. So, you know, doing a project with him, even when I pick the beats, I'm picking from him and I. I'm not only picking for me. If I make a terminology album, just straight term, it might be like nothing but dark, grimy, street, you know? But when I'm working with Paul, I want something that is like, something that we both would sound good on so uh i mean it's cool man i definitely got a lot out of out of doing these two albums as far as like watching somebody who's been in the game for a long time and still successful like paul taught me a lot man just watching how he moves watching how he interact with the people how he talks to the people he's a real og he's a real people's champ and it's like i'm kind of like that in my hood too where i do backpack giveaways and um you know, I'm part of the community. I try to pull up to all the local artist stuff and take every picture, sign every autograph. So it's kind of funny, man. It's like we're a lot like each other, but at the same time, we're two totally different people. And um, it shows in the music, man. The music is, has been great. Yeah, it comes across, you know, it's, it's pretty seamless. I would say like it's magic. It is one of my favorite tracks from the album, like Sax, Selecta, CL, Smooth, and then the two of you on that, just the way that the three of you, like your verse is just, go together it's it's incredible and and paul your your verse is insane that the way there's uh with the multi-syllabic rhyme scheme that you continue through the whole thing the whole verse he rhymed he rhymed the whole verse with skeptical that's that's that like that was crazy man that was hard to come after because it's like it's so unique and it's so lyrical it's so hard to rap like that you know what i mean Everybody killed it in their own unique way. And we all had three totally different uh, flows. So that was a fun one, man. That's definitely a fan favorite. That was like one of the first ones we, was that maybe the first one we did for this album too? Because that was one. It was one of the first ones we did, uh, yeah, in the lab together. It is, yeah. And all that, yeah. And CL School was with us in the lab. Yeah. Oh, wow. Was, yeah. yeah. We did that one after we put out, you know, like when we, when we were releasing the first album, you know, as we were doing promo, we were like, okay, let's start working on the next one. So we're, we're promoting start to finish, and then we get in the studio, and this was like one of the first ones we did, you know, for the start, finish, repeat. We're all in there, yeah, for sure. Being in there with CL Smooth, too, is one of the, you know, that's, he's so cool, so down to earth, you know what I'm saying, and such a legend. So us all three to be in there, we, you know, he definitely was rubbing off on me and Term in there, you know what I'm saying? We was yeah. in there soaking up all the game, all the energy, for real. Definitely. We had a great time, for real. Definitely, man. OG, for sure, man. It's it's crazy because They Reminisce Over You was one of my favorite songs. P-Rock and CL Smooth. It's just that beat. Like, who don't love that beat? So, um, you know what I'm saying? When he pulled up to get on my album, 
And uh, Paul was there. He was shocked. He's like, what, Paul Wall in here? Oh, let's do a song. So it was organic because he he had went there to do something else for my solo album. And when he pulled up and saw Paul Wall and Static, he got mad excited and wrote that other verse right on the spot because he came with a different verse for some soulful, this other soulful joint we did. And then once he saw Paul there, he said, all right, I'll write a verse right now. That's why he came in with, yo, it's the legend with Paul Wall terminology. Gotta be. Da -da -da -da. So I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. yeah, such a hip hop dude. And matter of fact, that was, that was like right at, because we talked about in his verse that was right after the, the whole Oscar stuff that's just the yeah. timing with us coming together to work together you never know how other people are going to accept it or if they're going to like it or, or what so you know we both have a lot of friends and come to find out we have a lot of the same mutual friends so that's kind of how a lot of the features are, you know kind of came about on it but even then you know it's uh we only have so many songs we can't put all our friends on every song so that's why we kind of like, OK, we're going to spread this out and keep putting out projects as long as, you know, we keep enjoying it and the fans keep enjoying it. We're going to keep at it. And of course, we we're loving it. We didn't want to force anybody into this if they're not feeling it for one reason or another. But that hasn't been the response at all. It's been the opposite. You know, as we put out the first album and people kind of get wind of it, you know, a lot of the reaction from our peers, like our MC and producer peers have been, hey, let me get down with that. How we how we get how can we get down on that? So, you know, we haven't been really trying to force anybody, you know, any of our friends, uh, you know, to, to jump on it if they're not feeling it. But everybody that's been hearing it has been so encouraging as me as an artist, too, because, you know, when I first came out as a Swish House, you know, Houston MC freestyler, that's a specific box that you get, you know, cornered into. And if you do something, anything outside of that, you know, it, it, it kind of rubs some people the wrong way. They only want you to do that. They don't want you to do anything else than that. And a lot of people would assume that's all you're capable of. So just as an artist or MC, as I've grown in my career, I get to experience and try different things with different producers, different styles. And this is something that I, you know, have been in love with. So to continue doing this type of music, you know, boom bap music or just working with terminology, the static selector, you know, on, on any type of music they talking about doing, it's, man, and it's, it's been a, a hell of an experience that we, we're going to keep going. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, on that note, let's get to the crate digging part of the interview. If you want to start off, Paul, with five boom bap albums. Nah, I'm going to say, I don't want to say they're in, you know, any particular order. Oh, yeah, of course not. But the first one I'm going to say is Sean Price, Mike Tyson. Wow. Yep. Sean Price, he's in my top five rappers of all time. The production on this, the song architecture is something that really sticks with me. You know, how Sean Price puts songs together is so unique. The way they're formatted, it's not like a traditionally formatted song with three verses and a hook. You know, sometimes it'd be just one super long verse. Sometimes it'd be a short verse. Sometimes it'd be a, a whole lot of scratching and a, a few bars. And the bars would be spaced out. But the bars would be like, 
Fort Knox type bars where they, you know, that's why it was, you know, orchestrated like that, architectured like that, you know, just so that you could, he could really place the emphasis on his lyrics, what he was saying. Man, they, Sean Price bars, they're so fearless to me. He personally reminds me so much, not in his his musical style, like when you hear it, but just in his fearlessness, he reminds me so much of uh, one of my other top five artists, the Jacka from the Bay Area in California. Unfortunately, both of them passed away. They're, they're two of my top five artists I always wish would have collabed. But from a fan perspective, man, you know, I definitely love Mike Tyson, Sean Price. Do you have uh, one standout song from it that you can name? Probably Mike Tyson is the song. I don't want a Dougie. I just want the money. <laughs> Shit, that, that whole, man, I love it. I love it. But he under the understudy, the one one. Under, yeah. Under, yeah. He, was, he was killing that. Let me just knock all mine out because I know term it ain't nothing for term. You can shit, he can do this shit blindfolded. Wear it out. Hell yeah. Uh, next, I'm gonna say uh, Nas, uh, Illmatic. Being how he came, he's somebody else who flowed poetically, not just like uh, how a rapper would flow. He flowed in, in poetry. So with the, uh, you know, DJ Premier Beats, Large Professor, oh man, the world is yours. It ain't hard to tell, New York State of Mind. I love the production on there, you know what I'm saying? Just the way it was just orchestrated. The horns and the samples, how they blended was something that was, it was seamless. Same with Nas, he wouldn't just give you 16 lines that rhyme. He really would tell you a story and it'd be like a, a, a literary masterpiece in his story. But oh yeah, coincidentally, it would rhyme. But you get lost sometimes. I, I, I get lost listening to Nas sometimes. I get lost in his poetry and forget that he's rhyming sometimes you know sometimes that will be part of the rhyming will be part of what entrances me and kind of puts me in a trance but you know i, I always get lost in his poetry just because it's, it's so masterful and coming from texas this album right here had a lot of heavy new york slang that i didn't necessarily understand but through the context clues and through his poetry i would get it you'd get it because Struggle is a universal language. So Nas' story on there, perseverance, overcoming struggle, it, it really resonated. Straight out the dungeons of rap with fake MCs don't make it back. Uh, you just mentioned Large Professor, and uh, you have uh, a few songs with Large Professor on the album. What was it like? I, I know Term, you've worked with him before, I believe. But Paul, what was it like to get to work with him? Imagine somebody who doodles, who just like doodles little drawings, and the doodles you know, blow up and you become a, a famous artist and then you get to go in the paint studio and work with Picasso. That's how it felt. It felt like, man, what the fuck am I doing? How did I get here to where I'm in the same room with Large Professor terminology and then Large Professor terminology and Bun B? This is like, how did I get, this is a childhood dream. This, this is where it's like people ask me what I want to be when I was a kid. I never imagined that this, what I'm doing, I never imagined this was ever a possibility for me ever at any point in my life. Even doing the song, it's like, it's not something where I like, would right now think, oh yeah, I'm going to get Large Professor on a song. We're going to go to, he's going to come to my studio in Houston and make the beat from scratch. We're going to do this in, in my in terminology going to be there orchestrating the play like man, I never thought this like I don't even think this is possible in 2023. So for it to happen, I'm telling you, I was that little guy who doodled on the paper and somehow, some way I'm in the paint studio with Picasso and Van Gogh. You know, how the fuck did I get here? 
you know, and and let me not do anything to do where I got to get kicked out to the paint studio. Let me, you know what I'm saying? That's how it was. It was uh, something where, you know, it it, it really reminded me, honestly, of, of when I would be in the studio as a 17, 18, 19 year old with Michael 5000 watching OGRC when I was, you know, trying to perfect my skills as a DJ. And I would be watching Michael Watts DJ or watching OG Ron C DJ in the studio, like as they would be cutting, scratching, blending, screwing, chopping, slowing stuff down, whatever, all of the above, whether they were producing something, doing a mixtape, whatever. I would always like watch them like as an apprentice and, you know, just like a fly on the wall and just soak up how they would, what they would be doing, how they would be doing it. And that's kind of what, that's what it reminded me of. Cause I was in, you know, just watching him do his thing. You know, of course I don't want to overstay my welcome with him. You know, I don't want to be like, I'm just trying to all around like bite a style. Like I'm trying to start producing that. That wasn't the, 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 what, I, what it was. It was more just as a complete, fan like I'm gonna soak up all of this I get to be here and watch him do to create this from complete scratch I mean it was an amazing feeling it brought back a lot of nostalgia from the Michael 5000 watch OG Ron C days watching them DJ so thank man thank you to Large Professor for giving me and Term that moment I know that Term has a lot of moments like that you know what I'm saying but for sure thank you to Large Pro for that but also thank you to Large Pro for everything he's given us in hip hop as a hip hop fan just over the years it really meant a lot to me to be able to to work with him and and I'm grateful that he was open to that but he was you know excited like we were which blew our minds cuz we like man you know we can't believe we get to work with you you know we've been wanting to work with him for a long well, I, you know I've been wanting to work with him for a long time I know terms had the opportunity before that's what I'm saying but shout out to Lars Pro That's great to hear like it's interesting this far into your career that you still have this much excitement working with artists that you haven't worked before. I can speak for term on this. This is our dream job. The only other job we might want to have is like a job in sports, but neither one of us are that athletically, you know, saying inclined. Right. This is our dream job, man. We love it. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. It's the best job in the world, man. You know, a lot of people hate their job. I feel for them, you know, because Life was meant to be lived and you want to do great things and things that you enjoy and things you're passionate about. So me and Paul are definitely blessed to, you know, like he said, work with legends. Like one of my favorite albums is Illmatic, like he said. And I've been blessed to work with, you know, Large Pro. Pete Rock was on the first album that we did, me and Paul and Primo and, and all these guys, Q-Tip and all that. So it's just like, yo, this is mad fun. Like we're working with our rap heroes that we grew up listening to. So it's a great job for sure. You want me to keep going on my list? Yeah, number three. All right, number three. This was one growing up was like probably my favorite album growing up. So, you know, as time went on, Sean Price, Mike Tyson would be my number one favorite. You know what I'm saying? But growing up, this was my favorite. Jizza, Liquid Swords. Woo! Jizza was always my favorite member of the Wu-Tang Clan, just the way he would come in, his swag, his style in the videos. He was kind of, you know, yeah, that, he was always my favorite. The production, the interludes on here, man, the interludes were, they always stuck with me. I didn't, you know, I, I don't, as a, like I said, coming from Texas, there's only so much of this that gets lost along the way. So when it came out, I didn't know what the album was based off of or what the, where the movie was. So this was, that was one of the things where we would like be doing, trying to do heavy research to figure out where these interludes and samples would come from. We'd be trying to do our homework to, you know, to figure out where this came. We could never figure it out. But, you know what I'm saying? Now, of course, you can find it all. 
but it, it seemed like a, a cinematic masterpiece. That's how I, I would call it. Because this album, Jizz of Liquid Swords, this was the first album that I listened to with my eyes closed. Like you, you would listen to it with your eyes closed so that you wouldn't get any visual distraction. You would just listen to it. And like I say, coming from Texas, you would, I would hear things in there that I don't exactly know what he's saying because the slang don't translate or maybe his pronunciation of whatever word it is don't translate for me to understand what he's saying. But the vivid imagery the genius would, the jizzle would, uh, would say, man, it was, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was like a cinematic masterpiece for me. It was something that I would close my eyes and listen to, and I could see everything he's talking about, even though I don't necessarily know or understand. It's the same, you know, when you, when you watch a movie, sometimes you see something and I don't know what the fuck that is on there, but you know, it makes sense. That's how it was. It was like, man, I don't know what he's talking about on this bar. What does this mean? And we'd be like, oh, what is, you know, you'd ask somebody that somebody be like, you finally meet somebody from New York. Hey, what does he mean when he's saying this? And they'll tell you, you know, they'll break down the slang he's saying. And then it's like, oh, okay. And it feel like you just translated some type of mind scripture or something. I don't know. You know, that's what it felt like. But yeah, Jizz uh, of Liquid Swords. And then uh, the, the next one I'm going to talk about is Gangstar, Moment of Truth. Man, DJ Premier. This is something, too, that, uh, you know, DJ Premier being originally from Houston, it was always special for us. Like we always felt like in Texas, we always felt like we were represented at the highest round table of hip hop. We always felt like Texas was always represented, being that DJ Premier was originally from Houston. He's gone on to do amazing international things you know what i'm saying so it's like he's from the, the he's from hip-hop you know where where's these remember he's from hip-hop you know what i'm saying now but you know it was so you know and when, when we would see him on or rap city or just different places and he'd have on you know a sweater that would say prayer view a&m or just you know different type of you know texas things in the houston we always felt like we were well represented you know what i'm saying by having dj premiered here you know there at the round table just really holding it down and and paving the way, leading the way. And I really always appreciated, this is something me and Terminology talk about, where a lot of the, the boom bap music, it has a lot of horns and it's a lot of jazz in a lot of it, okay? Now, a lot of older Texas hip hop music has a lot of blues with like bass guitar. There's horns as well, but they're kind of tucked underneath the bass guitar and the, and the more of the blues instrument. So it's even with the horns, it's a different type of horn. It's more of the blues horns as uh, opposed to the jazz horns. There's a little crossover, but it's definitely unique. Each one is, has a little bit of uniqueness, but that's why you hear Bun B rapping on boom bap beats and he kills it because it's a crossover. When you hear me rapping on Boom Bad Beats, I'm going to kill it. The same way if you hear Terminology or you hear Nas or some of these, you know, dope Boom Bad MCs, you hear them rapping on classic Southern beats, like some type of organized noise or something like that, you know, or, or some old uh, N.O. Joe, Mike Dean or something like that. They're going to kill it as well just because there's a, a crossover in there. So, and I always felt like DJ Premier did well to blend that where he brought the blues and the jazz together and, you know, and incorporated it into his production. For a song on there, I'll say probably royalty. You know, I, I love when uh, I love when Guru say uh, Supreme Exalted Universal Leader, Descendants of the Kings and Queens, the Overseer. Yeah, he, I, I love that. Them bars on royalty. That stuff always stuck with me. One of, one of my best friends, his name is Goo, G-U. 
and we call them goo goo or sometimes we call them guru goo zoo we call them all kind of stuff growing up you know so when guru the rapper will be around you know we call him guru too and also being a guru you know like a genius or something you know we call him hey guru but his name was goo well his name is goo uh you know so we there's always like i said there's always been like you know you find these connections through things in hip-hop where they correlate to your real life even though I, I never met Guru while he was living on this earth, although I met him through his music and he lives with me every time I hear it. He's right there. And I see a picture of Guru, the rapper, right there every time I hear his music. He lives with me, lives on. I never got to meet him in his, you know, human form while he was here. But, you know, you, there's always been that like connection, you know, whether, like I say, through DJ Premier being, uh, you know, from Houston or, you know, Guru having the same name as my best friend has always been that. That, that connection now the, the last album i'm gonna say on here is a uh like a wild card maybe i'm gonna say scarface the untouchable now i spoke on i just spoke on you know the the instrumentation differences between some of the southern classic hip-hop and a lot of the boom bap classic new york hip-hop uh where there was horns but it was a different type of horns you know what i'm saying and, and boom bap is a little more jazz influenced where you know, the Southern hip hop or especially the Texas Southern, you know, the, the classic hip hop was more blues influenced. Scarface, the untouchable man, it came out on my 16th birthday, March 11th, 1997. That was my 16th birthday is when it came out. It's the first album by a Texas rapper to go number one. And I was the second rapper to go number one. So there's a, you know, a, a huge connection right there. The production on there, Mike Dean, N.O. Joe. Oh man, it's, yeah, and Scarface. Scarface produced some of the songs on there as well. But it was just something where it was, you know, I know it's not boom bap, but it's definitely classic hip hop. And there's, you know, elements of boom bap in the instrumentation is in there. That's why I had to throw it in there. I always have felt like Scarface is one of the goat of the goats. You know, he's one of the, the, the top five rappers. He's in their top five. You know, you ask any of the top five, ask, ask the whole world who's your top five. And whoever you say, those five people are going to have Scarface in their top five. He's somebody who I always felt like was somewhat slighted being from Texas because we were so geographically away from the media megaplex that, that's New York or L.A. or even Atlanta. We're so far away from and Texas and, and Houston specifically, our slang, our lifestyle, our culture was so unique to where some of it, when you, you talk about it, you don't really, if if you don't understand the slang, the same way I had trouble uh, deciphering the, the, you know, the Wu-Tang slang, slang when I was a kid, it might be the same way where if you, uh, you know, you growing up in, you know, Lawrence, Massachusetts, it might be hard to understand what the hell Lil Kiki and DJ Screw talking about in 1992, where there's no social media, no internet, no Twitter, no none of that. So it's like, what are they, what are they even talking about? You know, but once you understand what people are saying and you, you decipher the language, those barriers, then the, you know, the, the, the music is, is universal. So especially the struggle that Scarface would always talk about. He would talk about the struggle in a way where it wasn't like from the perspective of a victim, although you know he went through it. It was from the perspective of a survivor where he survived the struggle and he's, you know, living, reaping the benefits of his hard work and how he managed his struggle. But Scarface for sure was somebody that I always kind of thought that, man, if, if, if he was from New York, 
And he came out, you know, the same type of way with his with his music. And he was talking and and, and see Scarface didn't even really talk in a lot of, you know, Texas centric slang. You know, he talked the ghetto slang, universal slang. But I just always felt like, man, if, if Scarface was from New York, man, he'd be everybody's top one rapper. Uh, you know, so I, I definitely got a uh, shout out to Scarface, The Untouchable. Uh, my favorite songs on there was Smile uh, with Tupac and then Mary Jane. Oh, man, that Mary Jane. Hey, Mary, Mary, Mary. Shout out to Scarface, The Untouchable. Uh, real quick, um, can you name Illmatic and, and Liquid Swords your favorite songs? Yeah, I say for Illmatic, maybe, uh, let me see. Actually, Duel of the Iron Mike, that was a good one. Liquid Swords. Uh, the bonus one, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth, that was always one because that I, that was the first time I ever heard that acronym, a Bible. And I thought that was the most amazing acronym ever created. And I always was curious, was that something Killer Priest came up with? Is that something Jizza came up Who came up with the acronym Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth? But yeah, uh, Nas, let's see. Oh yeah, Halftime was one of the ones that, that was one of the first times I heard Nas, I think, ever was halftime. And you didn't even know you. And then you hear it later on. It's like, oh, that's the same. Yeah. 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 New York State of Mind for sure. And the world is the world is yours. Yeah. Shit. Represent one time for your mind. Nah, I would say halftime being that that was one of the, the, the first first uh, New York State of Mind. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to pick one from the yeah. album. You could you could make your case for uh, any it, of those albums. It ain't hard to tell. Yeah. I'll say that it ain't hard to tell. Those are like my favorites. And uh, I was going to say about Scarface, it's interesting because uh, like in the mid-2000s, he kind of got his flowers uh, in, the, in like New York even because he had Nas working with him and Jay-Z and everyone like that. So Yeah, when uh, I see, that's why I say like when I say that, he definitely has always gotten love and flowers, you know, and vice versa. You know, he's, you know, he's always shown that love, respect as well. But it, to me, it's more like from the fans, like a lot of the fans, even though the fans too, like if you ask a lot of people in my age group and up and they'll, they'll tell you, oh, Scarface. Oh man. Cause it's vivid, you know, wordplay. But I just think like, I don't know if he was, if he was from New York, he would have been rapping on more New York style beats. And then I think that it would have been like, just embraced a different way. And then I think he would have been like just a, a global icon instead of just, uh, you know, and I don't mean to say adjust in any way. Like I don't want to limit anything he has. I just always felt like, I always felt like Scarface deserved more because I felt like he was so great. That's the same way I feel about Bun B. Like, man, Bun B is so amazing that I just, but, but Bun, Bun, you know, I, I, you know, he gets celebrated, you know, some, you know, a, a, a lot. You do see Bun getting celebrated in his respect or acknowledgements a lot, but it's some, he, Bun and Scarface, those are artists where as a fan, I've always took it personal when they get slighted or when they get, you know, any type of, of love, you know, when, when someone shows them love or respect, I become a fan of them just because they show love and respect to Bun or Scarface, you know, just because I feel like they deserve so much because they had such a huge impact on me personally that it's like, okay, that's what I mean. Like, so with Scarface, it's like, for sure he get it. He definitely get his love. I just feel like he has such a huge impact on me and he's not in the mainstream zeitgeist of hip hop right now at the moment, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, damn, but a lot, you know, a lot of the artists from my generation is cause it, you know, as they, as time goes on. So that's why it's on us to, to keep them in with, to, keep them, to bring them back up and, you know, talk about it just cause shit, I want people to know how much of an impact he had on them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. 
term you want to take over with yours yeah definitely and i just i just want to shout out to paul man i didn't even know that paul loved the jizzle like that that shit just put a smile on my face man because that's also one of my favorite albums and it's true you know just to touch on that real quick what he was saying like what 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 jizza and like you know inspector deck and met the man like all the slang words they were using like he like it's one of those albums like you close your eyes and you're just hearing these crazy stories that they're telling like about the projects and people getting in shoot shootouts and, and sirens and all that and it's just like we're not from New York but we're picturing what it would feel like to be from New York or like what's going on in that different hood and and stuff like that so yo I definitely agree with um with Paul on like his describing of part of like why he liked Wu Tang so much because it was like we're not from New York you know what I'm saying so we had a picture what they were talking about. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, I'll set it off. Um, Number one, well, for me, Big Pun, Capital Punishment, definitely my favorite album lyrically. Like if we're just talking lyrics and uh, and nothing else, I feel like that um nobody could ever top that album lyrically. That album came out 25 years ago in 1998. And to this day, I have not heard rhymes better than Big Pun when he was at his prime. So, you know, shout out to Pun. One of my biggest influences being that he's the first Latin to go platinum, Solar Waters. He's the first Puerto Rican rapper to be accepted by everybody as the GOAT, as a GOAT. And, um, you know, I think if he would have kept going, his name would still be talked about more. Unfortunately, he only had two albums. But, you know, shout out to Fat Joe for keeping his, his legacy alive and all that. And my favorite song on the album would have to be Dream Shatterer. I just think, like, you know, that was kind of like mind blown. Like, my mind was blown when I heard those rhymes. You know what I mean? So shout out to Big Pun. Definitely one of my biggest inspirations. Dream Shatter, a favorite song. Word up. All right. Um, the next one I'll go to is Dr. Dre, The Chronic. Um, this is the first album that I memorized as a kid. I remember getting uh, the tape. I had the tape. I used to walk around my hood listening to the tape on cassette and uh, flipping over to the other side. We had, like, 30 minutes on each side, whatever it was. Um, so, you know, shout out to Dr. Dre. That whole album was just like masterful. He put that together in a way that it, it, it helped me for the rest of my life when it comes to sequencing albums and, you know, a blueprint of how you do an intro, how you do an outro, how you put your homies on some songs and background vocals and naming stuff, cool stuff with your slang name and all that. This Dr. Dre, The Chronic and, um, and Doggy Style, like those two are like two of my favorite albums, two of my top five albums, two of the best albums ever made, especially in hip hop. Um, So, you know, favorite song on The Chronic, probably Bitches Ain't Shit, just because it was so shocking to me that people could talk about that stuff as a little kid. Had me walking around as a nine-year-old kid talking about Bitches Ain't Shit, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, that that was just very, very influential on me. You know what I mean? So Dr. Dre, The Chronic, um, and then Snoop Doggy Style, so, you know, I got to I gotta talk about Snoop Doggy Style, that being my number one overall album. Um, you know, Pun is my favorite lyrically, but Snoop is probably my favorite to just listen to and just vibe out. So, you know, that one right there, it's, it's too many to name, but probably Gin and Juice because it just had the coolest beat ever in the music video with him driving down the street um, on the handlebars and getting his hair braided with the big afro. 
me not being from LA, I didn't know nothing about LA. I didn't go to LA till I was a grown up. Uh, it's probably like 21. I had my first show over there or something. But as a kid, man, just seeing LA on TV, it looked so cool and so fun. And it was definitely, you know, running the game at that time, 92, 93, 94, it was all about the chronic and doggy style. So probably on that one, I would say gin and juice or the shiznit. So that's three. I would say for my fourth one, I would say the infamous from Mob Deep. Rest in peace to Prodigy. Shout out to Havoc. I got the opportunity to work with both of those guys and, you know, them being my favorite duo when I was a kid, listen to the infamous every single day on CD, taking the bus to school, you know, driving around on my on my bike, listening to the to the CD over and over and over. 16 tracks, just an incredible album. And you find out that, you know, Havoc's beats are so incredible. And you, you know, if you do the knowledge, you find out that he was taught by DJ Premier. He was taught by Molly Maul. He was taught by Large Professor. He was taught by Q-Tip. I mean, so how can his beats not be incredible in their own right with having goats like that to uh to mentor you um and then prodigy just being one of the best rappers ever in the world coolest voice coolest slang you know i love the fact that they were short you know what i'm saying i'm short so it's like sometimes you walk in the room and they look at you like the little homie or you know they look at you like they could maybe punk you or something like that because you're not that that tall but you know these guys were like giants you know what i mean it didn't matter and i feel like you know i've been able to kind of give off that same vibe for me i'll be in a room full of people that's basketball player height and they give me the same respect you know what i'm saying so nobody looks at me like a little homie for that so that was kind of something that really um motivated me was just watching mob deep and and just kind of feeling like i could do it i could do what they were doing especially with my man easy money you know easy money is my partner around before i became a solo artist i was in a group called street uh with my brother easy money so me and easy money kind of modeled our whole style after mob deep like we really really wanted to be basically the boston version of mob deep and the last one i'm gonna go with the roots Philadelphia Half-Life, that's kind of like the first time that we really got to hear like a hip-hop band. So I don't know if it's boom bap or, you know, it's not, but I, I would put it in the boom bap category, but definitely classic hip hop category. And um, Philadelphia Half-Life was just like something I've never heard. I never heard a live band do boom bap. So that that sonically just really was so crazy to me. And um, Black Dog being one of the best lyricists in the world to this day, he uh, helped me mold my style with the way that I bend words. Like he would say like lyrically instead of lyrically, you know, vital instead of vital. So it's like now with me writing my rhymes, I might bend words a certain way where I kind of got that influence from Nas, from Eminem, from Coogee Rap. You know, these guys, Big Pun, Black Thought, like these guys bent words in a way that nobody's ever used these words in the English dictionary yet. So, you know, that's kind of where I got my name, terminology, right? Terminology means the study of words. So I studied Pun, I studied Snoop, I studied, you know, all these guys guys prodigy black thought and you know those guys kind of make up my style man so that definitely that uh what they do was my favorite off of that or push up your lights those are those are my two favorite jams off of that and yeah man those are my top five classic boom bap albums baby terminology for the infamous did you have a song another one with a lot of classics yeah. on it but yeah two two too many to name obviously shook ones because of how legendary it became with uh with, with eminem rapping on it on on eight mile but uh, a personal favorite would be uh temperatures rising yeah that's another one <laughs> of those personally like i mean those are all insane albums but talking about the jizza wu-tang clan they super got me into hip-hop myself so i hope that you two get to work with him on your next album sounds like 
Well, that'd be a dream collab. You putting it in you putting it in the air, my brother. You <laughs> you speaking it into existence. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.